Hello student, this is Dr. Steve Naidu. Uh, we are continuing on, on to podcast session three on immunopathology and we start with slide 17 um, and go on to slide 18 where we define uh, immunopathology as when things go wrong in the immune system and then on slide 19, where we talk about the three main ways in which the immune system can act in a defective way when things go wrong. These three main types are one, an inappropriately overactive or exaggerated or excessive immune response, we call an hypersensitivity response, or two, a underfunctioning, ineffective, immune response, poor in, uh, in its action, and we call that an immunodeficiency. This is common and we conclude HIV AIDS in this. And thirdly, an inappropriately self-directed immune response, what we call an autoimmunity, where the antibodies or cells, the immune cells, acts against the own, its own body or itself. Um, there may be a little bit of an overlap in that um, um, some of the a, an autoimmune condition may be inappropriately overactive and also manifest as a hypersensitivity reaction. Then we go on to slide 20 where we, ex we describe all these four types um, of hypersensitivity reactions. Type 1 being what we call anaphylactic reactions, the most severe type. Uh, it, it is most acute. It can even be life-threatening. It's an hyperallergic reaction, and it's mediated by IgE as an allergy usually. can be mild or moderate in some instances, or for example, an asthma or severe hay fever, or very serious, such as a reaction to penicillin injection or a wasp sting or a bee sting in some people. Some other people uh, may be hypersensitive to um, nuts or um, gluten uh, or to certain types of shellfish uh, or fish or usually seafood. So basically you can be hyperallergic to just about any foreign protein. Um, it is quite clear that the anaphylactic hyperallergic response type 1 is something that is an adaptive acquired response after an initial earlier exposure that is unnoticed. In fact, most people who are allergic to any condition have been exposed to it in a very early stage and developed acquired or adaptive immunity to it. Type 2 is what we call cytotoxic reactions where antibodies to some foreign protein tends to attack one's own body cells. Um, it's in fact an autoimmune reaction um, and uh, but because it manifests very 
very heavily and very acutely, we also call that an hypersensitivity reaction. One example is hemolytic anemia due to rhesus incompatibility, where the antibodies to the rhesus antigen attack the blood cells and lyse or rupture them and cause an hemolytic anemia. Type 3 is an immune complex uh, reaction where antigen antibody complexes that form when antigen binds to antibody at its binding sites. We spoke about this in the earlier podcast. Um, collect but are not uh, disposed of by phagocytes, but they tend to collect in certain uh, areas, for example, in blood vessels or in the kidneys, or in fact, in the kidney blood vessels, and as an SLE, that is in lupus disease, systemic SLE stands for systemic lupus erythematosus, or if they collect in the joints, causing inflammation and pain, as in rheumatoid arthritis. So these are immune complex reactions type 3. And the last type, type 4, is what we call a delayed hypersensitivity reaction. And because it's mediated by T cells, and it's a type of, um, uh, it's a cell-mediated immunity, and it's an acquired adaptive type, it it is delayed and a good example of this is organ transplanted graft reaction after organ transplant uh, or contact dermatitis where there's a delayed allergy to uh, something applied to the skin. We go on to slide 21 where we talk about the other immunopathology, immunodeficiencies. Now, if you look at the slide, primary immunodeficiencies are those that are inborn and genetic. That means you're born with it, but it's genetically transmitted from your parents. These are rare conditions that manifest in children. But secondary immunodeficiencies are very common, actually. And examples include, and you'll see how common this is when you look at these examples, one, severe malnutrition due to protein deficiency can give you an immunodeficiency because proteins are the essential building blocks of the body, but also the building blocks of uh, antibodies and T cells and and, uh, immune cells in general. Secondly, immunosuppressive drugs, as used in cancer treatment or after transplant surgery, where steroids are used to reduce the chances of graft rejection. You know that transplants are fairly common these days. And of course, drug treatment, chemotherapy treatment for cancer, commonly used, and therefore it causes immunosuppression to the extent that patients on chemotherapy being very exposed often require barrier nursing, uh, limitation of contact with unnecessary persons, sometimes even antibiotic cover, and sometimes monitoring to watch the patient's cell count and if it's dropping too low and whether they require a transfusion. Um, The next cause of a secondary immune deficiency are certain infections themselves, either acute viral infection 
One good example is measles or even a chronic bacterial or chronic protozoal reaction um, and, and or a chronic viral reaction such as AIDS, conditions such as AIDS, uh, although we'll discuss that separately. So infections causing secondary immunodeficiency, a good example maybe is AIDS, but common other ones include measles. Fourthly, a cause of secondary immunodeficiency, chronic debilitating diseases such as diabetes mellitus or renal failure, chronic renal failure, as you know, and <clears throat> um, this, these, these are very con common conditions. And then, of course, finally, uh, advanced malignant disease where you get cachexia. Um, and protein deficiency. Cachexia is a severe wasting of the body. The body is depleted of protein and therefore you have a increased tendency towards immunodeficiency or immuno, um, immunological failure. And all these secondary immunodeficiencies are very common in, in people nowadays, especially in in persons with infections, persons uh, malnutrition, um, persons with HIV, AIDS, malignant diseases, and those on immunosuppressive drugs. Then we look at slide 22, and we look at the third type of pathology, immunopathology, autoimmune disorders. Um, uh, you don't have to know the details, may perhaps just understand that uh, some of these conditions are not a single cause. For example, diabetes. Um, if you look at the slide, you'll see that I refer to uh, organ-specific antibodies, uh, pancreas. We, we spoke about type 2 diabetes may, being multifactorial and lifestyle. There is a genetic ex condition uh, aspect to that. But type 1 a very high likelihood of a strong genetically transmitted condition, but because the genetic condition is such that it produces antibodies to the pancreas itself, it may also be autoimmune. So therefore, what we, we, we talk about when we you can see when we talk about multifactorial causes, several causes acting together to cause a condition. On this third podcast, we end uh, immunopathology. Uh, we talk about the pathology of HIV/AIDS very shortly and very briefly. Thank you.